So there have been a few different times in my life that a quote just kind of came along and just just knocked me into a whole different mindset. And I think one of the most important ones was a bad religion song. And the quote was, uh, and then you told me how much you had to suffer. Is that really all you have to offer? And I mean, I still remember where I was driving. Uh, I was taking a ride out of my neighborhood when I heard this. And it just, just mentally, it just stopped me dead in my tracks. It, it was like a, like a, just a bullet through the brain because that's what I'd done my whole life up to that point was I realized that I had identified myself through my suffering. If you've listened to this podcast before, I've, I've tried to be pretty open with uh, just issues in my past, you know, issues with mental illness, uh, issues with drug and alcohol addiction, issues with just kind of being a general douchebag. And up to that point, when I heard that quote, that had informed so much of who I was. It it was my identity. It was where I, you know, I drew my strength from. It's, it's how I excused my actions the suffering that I had been through in life, a vast majority of it self-inflicted, let me be clear about that, but the suffering that I'd had in life had just become how I saw myself and how I presented myself and just the lens that I did everything through as a human. And so that's what we're going to look at today is, you know, as we continue to talk about just the simple things that we can all do to have a good life, one of the most important is shedding our identification with suffering. And I think that I think the very first thing we have to do here, um, and this is one of the this is like just something I talk to people about so often is we have to draw the distinction between pain and suffering. In life, pain is inevitable. Nobody gets out of life without uh, experiencing pain and inflicting pain. It's just it's the way it works. Like it's just how this shit works. There's no way around it. So pain is inevitable. Now, our response to pain is what determines if we're going to suffer or not. And when I'm talking about pain here, I'm not just talking about physical pain. I'm talking about all the pain life brings us, uh, emotional pain, mental pain, uh, the pain of disappointment, the pain of rejection, the pain of not getting what we want, the pain of getting what we want sometimes because we're we're creatures that are not really equipped to, to know what we want um, or to know what's best for us. So all the different kinds of pain that life brings us. Those things are inevitable. I, I don't. I don't think anybody would be able to tell you differently. But suffering is not inevitable. Suffering is determined by our response to the pain. The easiest example I can think of with this in my own life is, uh, you know, my neck is is pretty messed up. I've got bulging discs and herniated discs, uh, all from those poor choices I made earlier that I've referenced before. And it hurts all the time. It, it's a dull ache at best. It's a sharp blinding pain at worst. It's just how it is. At one point, they told me they were going to fuse my neck. Uh, this this surgeon just made it sound like it was going to fix everything. And the funniest thing that happened was that when I thought it was going to get fixed, the pain was no longer bearable. It turned into suffering very quickly um, because I'd moved out of acceptance with it. It was no longer something that was part of my life. It was something that was now unacceptable. And so I began to suffer with the pain in my neck. For a long time, I hadn't suffered because I decided this is just the way things are. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's it's just my body telling me this part of your body needs help and there's no help for it. So it is what it is and I'd stop suffering. Suffering set back in really quickly when they offered me a solution. As soon as I found out that wasn't a solution I wanted to pursue, I was able to get back to the place of acceptance and 
eh, you know what? It wasn't suffering anymore. It still hurt, but it wasn't suffering. I think that is the that's the real key factor we've got to look at here as we draw the distinction between pain and suffering is that suffering sets in when we're not in acceptance. When we are in resistance to things that we can't control, whether we like them or not, when we when we get fixated on them and we start resisting them, we're going to suffer. Suffering is about our response to the pain in our life. It's about our relationship to the pain in our life. And this is this is just so important because I'm not telling anybody that you can get through life without pain. Uh, that would be silly and that would be a lie. You can get through your life with a small degree of suffering. I don't know if anybody gets through with no suffering at all. If they do, they're a better person than I am. But our suffering and the degree of our suffering is very much self-chosen by how we choose to respond to all those things that we can't control, all those things that bring us pain. So identification with suffering created trouble in my life because by identifying with it, I wasn't able to escape it because I thought it was me. You know, I had all these different people put all these different labels on me. You know, I've been been diagnosed with, you know, anxiety disorders, major depression. Um, uh, I was diagnosed, you know, drug addiction. Um, uh, by, what would that be called? Polysubstance drug abuse, alcohol addiction. I was, I was given all these labels and I really bought into these labels. And so, of course, I couldn't escape from any of that because I, this was who I am. It was... It was, it was an aspect of me. How am I supposed to change something that is me? You know, and at the time, I didn't have the, the tools or the skill sets I needed to deconstruct these ideas. I didn't have the, the, the training to kind of deconstruct this idea of me and I and the ego and all the, and the role it plays in all of this. So I got saddled with these things and I couldn't do anything about them. It just felt like they were as much a part of my world as anything else. I didn't realize that these were things that were externally imposed on me and that I had then accepted and so internalized the oppression of these labels. Then there was the more like, I guess, general things that people put on me about like, um, you know, I was the guy who had potential, but, you know, just never really followed through and you could do so much with your life and you're so smart. Why do you act so stupid? And so I internalized the idea of I'm just I'm the guy that doesn't succeed. I'm the guy that doesn't uh, that doesn't make smart choices. I'm the guy that does stupid things. And so, of course, I continue to do these things because those were me. Those were what I did. It wasn't until I stopped identifying with these aspects of suffering that I was able to get free of all those different things. The other thing is that when I was identifying with this suffering, I, you know, I, I, I acted out of these ways. I projected it outward through my actions and through my words. And so people fed it back to me, of course. And so that reinforced you know, it was, it was just, it was a, it was a very detrimental feedback loop as other people fed this back into me. And then I think what it also did was that it probably isolated me from a lot of healthy people in my life. Like I had a lot of good friends over the years and inevitably a lot of them had to draw boundaries with me because of my behavior and because of just who I was invested in becoming. And like, I get it. Like it makes sense. That's what makes them healthy people was that they drew boundaries with people. This, this continually drew unhealthy people into my life and pushed healthy people out, once again reinforcing. So that identification with suffering created more suffering in and of itself. So those, those are the reasons that, that recognizing that identification and stepping away from it was so important. I think these days, uh, this is probably especially important for people, but also probably very difficult because uh, we live in a society now that 
likes to define us through our suffering. It likes to kind of like draw these lines between people according to their suffering. And that is what um, validates and legitimates people in their own mind a lot of the time. You know, I've had clients tell me that they don't feel valid as people because they haven't suffered as much as this other person or they haven't been through as many hardships. And, you know, that's a really tough thing. Like what we're telling people there is that in order to be taken seriously, you, you, better, you better find ways of suffering. You better pull out all the ways that you're suffering and others are not and wear that like a badge or wear that like a, like a cape. And that, that's what makes you you. That's what makes you worthwhile and valid. That is such a toxic thing to tell people. You know, it's, it, we're, we're, we're trapping them in all the worst parts of their life in order so that they can feel justified, so they can feel like they've had a real life and that they're a real human. And this is very, this is very prevalent in our world today. I get like a lot of people are probably thinking that I'm uh, bashing or attacking, I guess what you'd call like social justice warriors and stuff like that. I'm absolutely not. Number one, this saturates our whole culture right now. Uh, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the Christian church and I always heard about how Christians were oppressed and Christians were discriminated against. So it's always been there. And those are not exactly social justice warrior types, uh, the, the fundamentalist Christians, you know, everybody wants to feel like everybody's against them. Everybody wants to feel like they are struggling and overcoming things. I think as humans, we like that. But when we turn it into an identity, when we turn the thing that we're trying to overcome into the identity, we're never going to overcome it. And so, and you can see where it leads people to, um, to, to fabricate oppression in their lives because they want to feel valid. I think the other reason I want to be clear that this is not me going after like the, the, the SJW set is that, man, a lot of like what, what people say in that regard is absolutely true. You know, based on your, your, your gender, based on your gender identification, based on your sexuality, based on your race, based on your socioeconomic status, there are people who absolutely have a much harder time in our society. Like, if you can't see that, if you think that's not true, like, I don't even know what to tell you. Because that, that's one of those things that is so obvious that um, somebody not buying into that, I think that you have to be, um, I don't you have to either be kind of brainwashed or you have to be choosing to be intentionally ignorant to not see that those things affect people's lives. They affect, it affects their opportunities. It affects how they're treated. And in many, many cases, it affects their health. It affects how long they live. It affects whether they're going to experience violence or not. Like that shit is so plain and simple and obvious that if you don't believe it, I don't know what to tell you. Other than like, I don't know, maybe spend some time researching it and looking into the opposite of what you believe and see if maybe there's some proof there. So so I just want to be super clear. When we're talking about not identifying with your suffering, this is not like uh, grounds to dismiss what oppressed people in our society are dealing with. This is not grounds to dismiss things like racism and sexism and homophobia. Those things are very real. They absolutely affect people's lives. And that's obvious. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, there's, I, there's no way around that. It, it's, it's plain and simple and apparent in everything if you, if you will just pay attention. But within those things, there have always been people throughout history who their relationship to the pain that other people are bringing them, their relationship to that does not generate suffering for themselves. 
you see this and um you know i'm thinking of somebody like victor frankel you know he's in i think he was in auschwitz i think it killed like members of his family and he was slated to die but he refused to turn that into suffering for himself and he if, if you're interested in him he wrote a uh, man's search for meaning it's one of the like best-selling books of all time for a reason you know he talked about that it is our response to situations that determine how they affect us um, you know, I think of somebody like, um, yeah, I just watched a thing the other day about this boxer, Jack Johnson. I mean, this dude was an unstoppable badass uh, at a time when being a black dude as an unstoppable badass was not something that the rest of society tolerated. Uh, and so they were always sending these white boxers out to fight him and to like reclaim the the crown of best boxer. And he would like this dude was a force of nature, just couldn't be stopped. He ended up going to prison over these trumped up charges of, um, I think he said, I think they said he was like trafficking white women or some shit. And so he goes to prison for that. But throughout all of this, he never took his suffering as a part of his identity. He never let it become something that identified him. So in many ways, he was largely free of these externally imposed things on him. You, you see this all the time. That there are people who refuse to let their suffering be part of their identity and therefore it does not destroy their lives. There are people who keep pain at the level of pain. It never turns into suffering for them. And because of that, they live with a kind of freedom that a lot of the rest of us just simply do not. And so what I tell people, the, 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 the introduction to the book I'm writing along these lines is the, the real choice we have to make in so many things in this world is that do you want to be justified or do you want to be free? Do you want to feel validated for all the shit that's happened to you in your life? Or do you want to be free of the effects of that? If you want to be validated, there are plenty of people out there willing to do that for you. They will say, oh my gosh, this is not your fault. I'm so sorry this happened to you. There's nothing you can do about it. And you'll feel good for a minute, but you know what? You'll wake up the next day and the next day and the next day and nothing will have changed. The acceptance that pain is inevitable and the realization that how we relate to that pain will determine its impact on our life, that's the path to freedom. For a very, very long time, I liked feeling justified. I liked having people tell me that the things I did were because of things I'd been through and that because I was dealing with depression and anxiety and addiction, that that, that, that it was like that those things were an excuse or that those things were a reason for my continuing to do those things. And they were well-meaning people. They wanted to help. They wanted me to find some degree of peace or equanimity in what I was experiencing. But they unknowingly, and I believe unintentionally, locked me into the identity of addict, of alcoholic, of depressed person, of anxious person. They locked me into these identities and it made it so much harder for me to get out of them. Now, these days, I am free of most everything I've mentioned. You know, drug addiction, not, it's not an issue in my life. Alcohol is not an issue in my life. I do have freedom from those things. Uh, you know what? I still, I still, I'm still anxious a good bit. I go through periods of depression, but the difference is that I recognize that these are things that come and go. They visit. They're not me. And in the midst of those things, I understand that I cannot make massive decisions in these very unhealthy states of mind. 
I am able to say, oh, okay, anxiety's here today. Oh, I do feel depressed today. And recognize that I still have a choice in how I'm going to respond to that. I still have a choice with what I do. And sometimes that choice is, I'm going to take it easy today. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, just take some time off and take care of myself. Um, my constant thing, just because of the anxiety, is that I'm very careful about what I put into my mind. I'm careful with the music I listen to. I'm careful with the shows I watch. I don't consume the news. You know, I, I make sure I know what's going on, but I'm not going to sit there and just lock myself into the bullshit that the news brings to us because they know that doom and gloom and death and destruction will keep us locked onto their products so that their advertisers can make more money off of us. You've got to be careful of anybody who wants to profit off of your misery. I don't care if this is a friend or a coworker or the news, like I mentioned, anything at all. There are people who have something to benefit by making you think you're powerless. There are people who have something to gain from making you think that your suffering is who you are. And you can never trust those people. You can never trust those entities. And so I recognize that these things are still part of my life. And I do change how I do things. And I am intentional with what I allow into my life. But when they, when they show up anyway, I understand that I still have a say in how I'm going to relate to them. This isn't to say that you can make yourself not anxious or not depressed. By change that, like I still get anxious. I still get depressed. My relationship to anxiety and my relationship to depression are very different than they used to be. They still suck. Don't get me wrong. You'll, I'm never going to get to the point where I'm like, oh, yay, I feel anxious as hell today. But I can get to a place where I have indifference towards it. I can get to a place where I don't have to let that run the show and lead me to shitty decisions. None of it is an excuse to do things that are unhealthy. None of it is an excuse for me to treat people poorly because I feel like shit on a given day. That relationship is everything. We have control over that. We have control over our response to the things we don't have control over. But as long as we identify with our suffering, we will never take that control because us and the thing and that and that suffering are one and the same. You can't respond to something if you think it's you. So when we're talking about simple ways to live a good life, one of the things we have to shed is our identity of suffering. We have to understand the difference between pain and suffering and we have to choose our response to the inevitable pain in our lives. So this week, take a look at the labels you've accepted for yourself and ask yourself if they're really you. Look at the labels other people have imposed on you and see where they might benefit from those labels. Look at all the things that are suffering in your life and see what kind of relationship you have to those things and see if changing that relationship might free you from the suffering, not from the pain. And here's the cool thing. You can handle the pain. Like humans are so amazing. We live on all seven continents because we can and in space and shit because we can adapt to anything. So see what happens if you change your relationship to that pain just a little bit and see if it helps you. Like everything I say on this podcast, if it doesn't work, throw it out. If I'm full of shit, just throw it out. Check out other episodes. See if I said something worthwhile there. If I haven't said anything worthwhile, stop listening. Your time is valuable. So anything that doesn't work, don't use it. But if it does work, give it a try. Notice your attachment to your suffering. 
When there's attachment to suffering, when you struggle with letting go of an identity of suffering, that shows that it's doing something for you. That's where that validation comes in. And then you've got to ask yourself, do I want to be validated or do I want to be free? If you want to be validated, cool, own that. If you want to be free, cool, own that. See where it gets you. If it doesn't get you anywhere, throw it out. I won't take any of it personally, I promise. I say this every time and I mean it every time. I'm really grateful for everybody who takes the time to listen to this podcast, to read my blogs, to follow me on Instagram, and to interact with me. I think that stuff is really, really cool. I mean, what an amazing world where I can talk to people all over the world, just like just like any time. That, that shit's amazing. So if you have a suggestion for the podcast, uh, you can email me, james at James Scott Henson. You can find all my writing and podcasting and all that stuff on my website, jamesscotthenson.com. And then on Instagram, it's my username on there is just James Scott Henson. I'd love to meet you and, you know, engage with you on any of those platforms. Uh, we're going to keep on with this series of just the simple ways to have a good life. And um, I think next time we're talking about kind of letting go of the things we know, you know, with air quotes around the word know, and about how those things that we know limit our options uh, so just severely in life. So I will look forward to uh, talking with you about that. And until next time, thanks for listening. Take care.